Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Nerd of the Third Power, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy and awesome. I'm your host, Master of Ceremonies, Dr. Gonzo. Cat is still out on assignment, studying the pygmy cosplayers of... Fuck, I don't know, somewhere far off. You know, make up a name. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I, I, you had it, like, you had it halfway there, and you're just like, no, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I can only carry a joke by myself for so long. <laughs> So, but of course, she will be back soon. And uh, as as you've heard, Brian is here, uh, and the rest of our correspondence corner and uh, our our co-hosts are all kind of scattered to the four winds. Um, so, after the show, me and Brian will be embarking on an epic quest to reunite the band in a in a, a quest that will no doubt be worthy of a hundred and fifty episode epic anime series, which hopefully will be animated by Madhouse, and I will not be played by Vic Mignogna. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, we have fun here. But of course, you know, Brian is here, so uh, Brian, how are you doing? I'm actually doing alright. I uh, had a long week of work, so I actually spent the weekend, my last couple days off here, uh, just sitting around playing video games. It feels good just to do that. Um, I'm playing Fire Emblem, again, because I hate myself. You know, that's a game series I never got into, was Fire Emblem. I've I've been told it would be right up my alley, but I'm just like, yeah, I've just never had occasion to try it. Uh, me too. Uh, this is the last two they did. Uh, the one before this one, I think, and now Fates or whatever. They're like my first like introduction into the series because I'm I'm a late bloomer. But I'm at the point where um, in both of these games, because you can marry characters, I'm at the point where I stop following the main story and just going, and you shall marry you, and you're gonna marry him, and you're gonna marry her. Yes. And like I'm not even halfway through the game, and I've already spent like twenty some odd hours into it just doing this. It's a terrible game series when that happens. Because I forget, like, oh, you, you remember there's a, there's a story here? Oh, shit, there's a story. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to fight a war here, not play matchmaker. Is it too, it's like, well, you could have fooled me. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, all right, all right. Maybe, maybe you know, less my cup of tea than I've been told then. But <laughs> anyway, we got a fun show tonight. Tonight we're discussing something that uh, me and Brian have been kind of waiting, kind of pretty excitedly for, and that's the return of Pee-wee Herman in the Netflix original Pee-wee's Big Holiday. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to that. But of course, there is procedure to follow, so we're going to begin the show, as always, with Ask a Geek. And we got some questions here. We're going to begin here with a question from Mike, and it is for all of us. Red, you know, just me and Brian, basically, because we're the only ones here. And that is, what is a superhero or other comic property that you would love to see get the Bruce Tim treatment, a la Batman the Animated Series? So, uh, Brian, since, uh, you, since uh, you're a little more knowledgeable about this than I am, why don't we start with you? Interesting. I think it's the first time everyone's going to ask me, is like, what would you like to have as an animated series, or at least a Bruce Tim style animated series? I've always been a little... I have a soft spot for uh, The Phantom. Um, I know he's had... He's been in a couple of animated series, Defenders of the Earth and Phantom, was it 2024 or something like that, where he was in the future? That was, um, an, an, that was an animated series? I thought that was just a video game. Because I remember playing the game on the on the Super Nintendo way back in the day. I, well, it was supposed to be conjecture. Like the, uh, it was a it was a well, it was a, probably a short lived series. I think I only ever saw one episode of it, uh, and then they had a game for it. But then you know, it fell off the face of the earth, and you know, poor fan for the Phantom has you know never really uh, recovered. Despite the fact, and I'm going to go on record here, and you probably get some hate mail for this or some hateful comments that the Billy Zane movie underrated. I actually really enjoyed that film. But I wouldn't mind seeing him. Don't, I heard that gasp. Don't shut up. Let me finish. I heard <laughs> that, was, that, <laughs> that was that was a gasp. That was a laugh because I was like, God, we're probably like the only two people in this world who even remember that. Yeah, because I I have that movie on on VHS. Oh, dude, nice. Yeah. But no, I I think like he's just sort of the right character that could probably be pulled off again. Um, just have the right the right sort of creation behind him. Um. Because he's a le- he's his own sort of legacy character. That's the whole point of the fandom. The ghost who walks. Uh, he has you know uh, a uh, a child of some sort, and then if he dies, the child just continues it on. So there's sort of an interesting dynamic behind that. But you know, it just never, unfortunately, never really caught on. But I would like to see it. You know, always try, try again. The Phantom. Okay. All right. That's that's interesting. Like, yeah. I, you know, I haven't heard a whole lot about uh, the Phantom. Uh, at least. Not here in the States. I know that he's huge overseas. Oh, very much so. Well, the last time anyone tried anything over here, sci-fi got their hands on him. 
And they're like, we're going to make a series. And they, they first two episodes like, and we're not going to make a series. I'm like, yes, because this is terrible. <laughs> like, even the actor was like, I apologize to everybody. Like, they, that's what he said when he made the series. <laughs> okay, yeah, the, the fan, that would be interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, Phantom 2024, the only the only thing I remember coming out of that was the, the video game, which I remember being an awesome game. And uh, if you've got a Super Nintendo emulator, I, I suggest going on Emu Paradise and uh, and and picking it up because it's 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 it was a very in depth game for a, a side scrolling action title. Um, it was it was it was it was all it was. You know, at first glance, you look at it and you think it's just oh, it's a silly little side scrolling shooter. No, it's 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 much closer to like it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a what's the word I'm looking for Metroidvania style game. Um, so yeah, really really bit of a surprise sleeper hit there. Um, okay. So let's see. Who would I like to see get the, uh, the Bruce Tim treatment? <sighs> okay, that's, uh, that's a bit of a question there. Because uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, of someone that he hasn't done over the course of, like, Batman, Superman, and the Justice League. Um, if we look over, maybe we look over at, uh... At the Marvel side of things, you know, I think a Bruce Tim led Runaways series would be interesting to see, just because hmm. uh, I want to see more of the Runaways. I loved uh, the first couple volumes of that series, and then they had kind of a kind of a retool that I'm not a whole I'm not a real big fan of what they're doing with the series now. But if they, if they were to do like a short movie based on like the first arc of the Runaways, I think that would be awesome. As always, Runaways have sort of had this weird thing going on with them where um, they one person kind of knows what the story can be. Whenever they pass off to someone else, they kind of the other person just sits there going, "I got no clue," and <laughs> just writes something else. You're like, "Well, shit, this doesn't work anymore." It's really hard for for me to write teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of teenagers, that takes us to our next question. This one comes from uh, Tim Murphy, no relation to the Jurassic Park character on the Facebook. And uh, he asked, recently DC posted a trailer for a new animated special called DC Superhero High that sets its characters in a high school setting and reimagines them as teenagers. Do you think this is DC trying to compete with My Little Pony and Equestria Girls? Oh, is this? This is the uh, the, 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 uh, uh, DC, like, it's because it's the female characters. It's the female DC characters uh, that are being, like, reimagined as, uh, as girls in high school and stuff like that. Um, yes, I think this is exactly what they're doing. Uh, there is a demographic that uh, they obviously didn't realize until, you know, My Little Pony showed up, and also the Equestria Girls, which is something... I'm not, I, mean, I mean, I don't mind My Little Pony, but the Equestria Girls one, I was like, maybe not for me. Um, but this is, yeah, this is exactly what they're doing. They're seeing that runaway success, and they're like, well, let's see what we can do. Um, and they also there was also an initiative for a while to try to push more of the, the female heroes in some sort of aspect, and this is one of the things they're trying to do with it. I have now, no idea if it's successful now. I actually haven't seen it or read anything. I remember, yeah, I, I, is it even out yet? Because, like, I've heard rumblings, and I've seen a couple of, uh, of of pieces of concept art, but I've not heard anything else since. So is it is it out yet already, or...? I think it is out, but... It, see, here's the thing. Animation's going through, at least the Western animation's going through this uh, weird segment where they're going sort of backwards... Like, when they're making new shows, they're now all, like, 11-minute shorts. They're not full half-hour stuffs anymore. Like, um, the new Powerpuff Girls is only, like, 11 minutes and uh, shorts now. And then you had, you know, Teen Titans Go, which are 11-minute shorts. And then um, uh, Steven Universe is 11 minutes. So all these, like, different, like, shows, but they're only showing 11 minutes at a time. Now, I don't know exactly why that is. Uh, I guess it kind of harks back to very old animation where you would get, like, two, quote-unquote, stories every half-hour um, but yeah, so if it is on, I have not seen it because I don't unfortunately watch a lot of TV anymore. Um, and so I have no idea. Uh, to my knowledge, yes, it is on because they're also going to get um, books about the series as well, like uh, original graphic novels. But I haven't, I just haven't sat down to watch any of it, uh, to be quite honest. Well, maybe we'll have to do a show on it at some point. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I said, I I I'd heard rumblings, but I had not heard anything uh, since those rumblings. So, and you know, hopefully it'll do better than Teen Titans Go has uh, been doing for the last while. Because, well, you say that, but the problem is Teen Titans Go is very successful. The problem is it's successful under a demographic that doesn't want it. It's very successful with the young demographic, which is the demographic they're aiming for. The problem is, is all the old um, 
let's say, fogies, let's put that term in there, um, don't want that type of show. They want their old Teen Titans back or their old Justice League Unlimited stuff well, back. Well, hold, hold on now. I'm taking a little bit of umbrage at that because I'm one of those old fogies, and I actually have, and I actually like Teen Titans Go. I just don't like the, the, the fact that the, the quality of the writing has like plummeted over the last season. Like The first two seasons I thought were great. But this season, it's just—I don't know. Maybe it's—it's it's just the show's worn out its welcome or something. I don't know. But I'm just having a very hard time getting enthusiastic about the current season of Teen Titans Go as I was for the first two. I didn't even realize it was in seasons at this point. That's how much I haven't paid attention to it because I was like, <laughs> I watched the first couple episodes and I said, "This is obviously not for me. I am a 30-year-old man, and this is not made for me. I shall go over here now." <laughs> and lament the fact that I'm a 30 year old man Apparently that's what I do in an apartment by myself And I watch TV I just I start speaking in like third person Like Brian is not amused by this Brian shall put in a Blu-ray <laughs> You start using the royal we <laughs> Well there's only two There's only two kinds of people allowed to use the royal we And well you're not royalty So that must mean only one thing You have parasites Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <woo. laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I, I cannot speak to your, uh, your the health of your internal organs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you, Tim, for that. Uh, I, I can't. I don't, I'm not really qualified to answer this question because I know nothing about DC superhero high. So uh, I'm gonna have to pass on that question. But here's uh, one for me uh, from Thomas for the email. And he asked what I think about the announcement that Nintendo is is discontinuing the Wii U soon. And I gotta say, I'm really very surprised, um, but also half not surprised. Uh, I'm I'm surprised that the 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 Wii U's market cycle has been so short because I think it's only been out for like three or four years, which is very short for a game console. Um, I mean. I, Look at the previous console generation, the Xbox, the Xbox 360, the PS3, and the Wii. I mean, that was like six or seven years. Um, so I'm, I'm really surprised that, and kind of disappointed that the Wii U's market cycle has been very short. Because uh, I actually really like the Wii U. I think it's a neat little system. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I have to face the reality that, you know, there's the, the, the game support just isn't there. There's been some sleeper hits like Splatoon and, of course, Smash Brothers. Uh, but the third-party support just hasn't really been there. Um, I'm even having a very hard time naming a bunch of, you know, actual first-party Nintendo titles that were big system sellers. Um, you know, so at at the same time, I can kind of see that the support just isn't there. And then I'm also hearing that they're going to be releasing their next uh, console, this E3, and that that's going to be actually released either this winter or uh, sometime in early 2017 so you know i can kind of see why they would be starting to kind of move away from the wii u if they're if the nx is ready to come out um my one big question that i have is you know there's been this sort of uh between the wii u and the wii ugh, i'm getting tongue-tied here between the wii and the wii u there was sort of a continuity of uh of of usage cycle between the two. You could move all your data from the Wii to the Wii U, you know, all your games, all your virtual console uh, purchases, you know, you could move up all, use all your accessories on the, on the Wii U. So I'm wondering if there's going to be something similar between the Wii U and the NX, because I would really, you know, one of the, one of the things that I'm kind of having a a bit of difficulty now as I get older is finding a a reason to keep, a, a reason to justify having all of my consoles out and hooked up to my television. I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to, you know, consolidate as much functionality down into as few consoles as I can. So I would really like to to see it where I can move all of my stuff from the Wii U to the NX and just, you know, repair the gamepad and the Wii remotes with the new system uh, and not have, you know, four different Nintendo consoles out and ready to go. So I'm wondering if, if, if that continuity is going to be there. I mean, if not, then, well, it is what it is, but, you know, I'd, I'd still like to kind of see that. So... But, you know, like I said, it, it, it is what it is, and I guess I'll have more of a clear answer as to how I feel about the Wii U being discontinued once E3 comes, and I know a little bit more about what Nintendo has planned. So, uh, there's that, and uh, let's see here now. And this question comes from the, this next question comes from the Facebook, and it's from Tiffany, and she asks, Hey guys, what do you think of television series that continue, continue on as comic series? 
For example, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, X-Files, and Invader Zim. Are there any favorites that you have or ones that you would like to see continued as comics? So, Brian, I think this question is directed to you. That's a little bit... I mean, I don't mind it. I think, you know, comics is a perfect medium to sort of continue a series, especially to say the series uh, cut short, uh, so you get at least some stories, as long as sort of the original creators are still involved in some way, shape, or form. Um, what's so weird, though, is that I, I, almost every show that I've sort of enjoyed... Um, and it has become a comic book series I don't really follow very much. Um, the X-Files series, I sort of stopped reading. Not out of lack of quality, it's just I had to cut down on titles, and that was the first one I had to go. Um, it's, so I have really no idea if there is... Especially if a series... Hmm, I don't know, I wouldn't mind seeing, I guess... Uh, again, I, you know what, I don't really have a good answer for this, because I keep thinking in the back of my mind of like a series that would, conti- that would be able to continue... Um, I would have said Jericho, but Jericho did actually continue into a comic book series. Unfortunately, the comic books were terrible. So, I mean, I like the concept. I love the idea. I just don't have anything right now that would actually transfer over. I tell you what I would like to see uh, picked up again. Uh, you know, for a while, I don't know if they still do, but I know that I think it was uh, Boom Studios was doing a Battlestar Galactica comics based off the 2005 series. I would really love to see them uh, pick up Caprica, the, the the spinoff that was about, you know, what happened, the, the about the creation of the Cylons and leading up to the, the first Cylon War. Because mm-hmm. I loved Caprica as a television series. I thought it was brilliantly written. I loved the characters. I loved seeing... You know this new, this glance at a new side of the Battlestar Galactica universe, and I was so pissed off that it got canceled. Uh, I found out that it got. I don't know if I've told the story on the show, but I found out after episode ten came out that uh, the show had been canceled, and I, I couldn't even bring myself to watch the rest of the series. Was like, no, I, 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 I cannot continue to love this, or else I shall only have my heart broken. So I've never actually finished the series. But if someone could actually pick up Caprica and continue that story I would be on that like a rash I would be all over that that would be like you know that would be like second Christmas to me I might have to research because I don't know if they did or not because um, that's you know it wasn't Cap- Caprica was like cut off really short yeah so like that's then, that's a perfect example of like hey we need to at least try to finish the story yeah and then the, and then yeah they cut off Caprica at, at the first season and then uh, there was a movie about the actual Cylon War uh, that came out a, f- a few years later, but it didn't really pick up any of the plot threads from Caprica. I would love to see them actually go back to Caprica and and pick that story up again. Um, so, and and I know that they didn't do it because believe me, I, I I keep my ear to the ground for anything Battlestar Galactica related. So I would have known. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I'll be I'll be, I, I'll be I'll be sitting in a, in, in the school cafeteria just kind of eating my lunch. You now suddenly I'll perk up like a, like a fox. I'm like. Someone's talking about Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> find these people. They yeah, I, did, I just did a I just did a quick Google search for Battlestar Galactica Caprica comic and nothing popped up. Shows me all the other ones though. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you mean this? No, Google, I meant this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. But that's all the time that we have for Ask the Geek questions this week. Uh, as always, you can send them to us through the email at drgonzo at nerdofthethirdpower.com, or if you're one of our Facebook faithful, you can go ahead and leave them on our permanent Ask a Geek thread on the Facebook. So get your questions in. We love hearing from you guys, love reading your questions on the air. So, uh, yeah, get those questions in. And so with that, we're going to move on to our discussion topic, uh, something that came as, as very much a surprise to me and Brian, and that's Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Uh, now, for context, me and, and Brian are uh, both fans of Pee Wee Herman from way back. I, I think I, I can safely say that we both have very fond memories of waking up on Saturday morning and watching Pee Wee's Playhouse and enjoying uh, the, the, the masterpiece that is Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, but we also kind of, I, I think I can also say that Pee Wee's Big Holiday, the movie that just came out on Netflix, just kind of came out of nowhere. There wasn't really much... Uh, lead up to it. We're just kind of like, well, you know, wow, well, Paul, Paul Rubens is still around? Um, so, yeah, we decided that we were going to kind of take a look at this, see how this movie stacks up, and uh, see if it's a, a worthy addition to uh, Pee-wee's legacy, or if it's kind of just a very forgettable film. So, uh, let's kind of just start with some uh, just general thoughts here. So, uh, Brian, how did, you, how did you come to be exposed to Pee-wee Herman? Well, Pee-wee Herman... I and, wow, Pee-wee. I, just, oh. I, just, I just realized that I just realized that using uh, exposed to Pee-wee Herman is... Uh, 
Kind of not a, kind of an unfortunate turn of phrase given Paul Rubin's history. I was wondering, I was like, is he going to say anything? Maybe I cut him <laughs> off real quick. And I was like, I'm just going to continue with talking. And no, you got it. I was like, damn it. <laughs> so let's, okay, so let's just, since you mentioned, let's get the sort of the elephant out of the room right now is that, yes, Paul Rubin's Pee Wee Herman was arrested for um, um, indecent exposure while at a pornographic theater. That sort of killed his career for a while, especially killed off the character of Pee Wee Herman because he was doing the Pee Wee's Playhouse show at the time. To have a show, have a character who's supposed to be for children suddenly caught and on the news being, you know, jerking it to an extra Spanking film, his monkey. <laughs> yeah, obviously wasn't going to fly. So, yes, it happened. He, and in turn, and, and, and so that sucked. Like, let's although, just, let's although be fair. Let- Let's let's dispel the myth that wasn't actually why Pee Wee's Playhouse ended. Rubens made that decision on his own. Oh, did he? See, I've always I've always heard both stories, and I wasn't sure which one was true. So no, he's Rubens, he's finally he so he did said it's time to end the series. He yeah he he ended the series because he didn't want it to to go on for so long that it got stale. A lesson that Seth MacFarlane could have taken to heart and still hasn't. <laughs> uh, easy joke. But so, okay, so I stand corrected then. But at the same time, you know, it's hard to talk about Pee-wee's Playhouse or the Pee-wee character without mentioning um, his arrest. So there, we've mentioned it. And now we don't have to mention it ever again in this show. Okay, so let's let's wind the clocks back uh, 30 years uh, and make ourselves feel incredibly old in the process to the 80s. Pee-wee's Playhouse, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and sort of the cultural phenomena that was Pee-wee in the 80s. It's, it's, well, Pee-wee was sort of a, uh, he was a giant child. Like, that's, that's sort of how I sort of saw him when I was watching, when I watched Pee-wee's Playhouse. Um, it was just, he's at his playhouse. He is playing with his friends. We just all had a good time. And I don't remember if there were lessons involved. There might have been. But I think I was too enthused with just screaming out, you know, uh, the secret word of the day and all these other, they're not taking it back. There were lessons involved. There were a lot of lessons like bullying and things like that. He did, uh. He did talk about, but truth be told, I actually have to sit down and watch the shows again because I probably forgot almost all of the episodes. I mean, it did start in 1986, and I was three. <laughs> 1986, I was just, I was, I was just getting born. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it, it's one of those things. It just, I, it's one of those. It's a cultural phenomenon because that character didn't catch on just for kids it caught on for everybody how else do you could you explain him going out and making several movies as well as the peewee characters peewee's big adventures peewee's under the big top and stuff like that well the thing that, that a lot of people tend to forget because it, it was so overshadowed by the television series is peewee's playhouse was first conceived as a very adult uh stage show it was uh, yeah it was his, yeah. it was his version of stand-up you yeah if you go if you go uh, uh, I, I've seen some video of uh, Rubens on stage doing the the old Pee Wee's show uh, and it, yeah it, there was there let's say there's some jokes there that uh, a lot of jokes there that would not have flown on the television show well and, he, uh, uh, I've been, he, he I, also I've been t- redid that yeah I, I know that he recently uh, started doing the stage show again and I would love to see it um, mostly because I've been told that a, a, that a lot of the uh, the characters from the the from Peewee's Playhouse are being brought back for the stage show and are being played by the same actresses. And uh, this is going to sound really weird, but I, you know, like every other child who watches the show, I had a I had a thing for Miss Yvonne, the most beautiful woman in Puppet Land. Most beautiful woman in Puppet Land. Now, unfortunately, um, they could get Lawrence Fishburne to do Cowboy Curse again. I would love that. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Uh, but they got um, they got well, they got <laughs> Phil Lamar to do Cowboy Curtis, which is a, who's also an excellent actor in his own right. <laughs> well, I looking at Lawrence Fishburne's career, I'm pretty sure that if somebody tried to get him to come back and do Pee Wee Herman, he would just shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> Morpheus, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but the the, the thing about Pee Wee was, you know, he was. If you go back and you look at Pee Wee's Playhouse and you look at the at, at the movies, he was very much a product of his time. You know, he. There wasn't really one specific thing that you could really point to that said, okay, this character is 80s. But it was one of those, there's this sort of nebulous quality about it where you couldn't imagine him existing in any other time period. And that's why Pee-wee's big holiday seems to just come completely out of left field, why we were so surprised by it. 
I know for a fact that he was talking about making another movie. But it was one of those things where you hear it so often for years on end. So to then have Netflix go, by the way, we made it, definitely made me go, huh? What do you mean? You you made it? <laughs> so it was like so it was like Duke Nukem Forever and in Chi- uh, Guns N' Roses Chinese Democracy. It's just kind of like yeah yeah they've been talking about it for years, but we don't know if they'll love it. Wait, you mean it's out already? When the fuck did that happen? Yeah, ba- yeah. I remember just seeing it on my Netflix going uh huh huh huh. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get down to it. Let's start talking about uh, the movie Pee Wee's Big Holiday. So uh, let's start with uh, our with our general thoughts on the film. So uh, Brian, what was uh, what was your first impression of this movie? This is. I am shocked how good it was. <laughs> that that was literally my first impression. I I sat there for the longest time because you it's an old property coming back and we've done the whole nostalgic thing coming back and it's very hit or miss. So when like I was watching this, I was like, oh, what is this gonna be? What is this gonna do? And then like halfway through it, I'm like, this is amazing. Like you know, to me, it's a great film, but it's only a great film to me because it's Pee Wee. I can't imagine someone who not knows Pee Wee Herman to watch this film and be like, "What? You like this?" I'm like, "It's hilarious." <laughs> I I want I, I, I enjoy. I was also very surprised by the quality of the film, and I'm also su- surprised by uh, how well Paul Rubens has aged in 30 years. I think you, it was you who said on Facebook, you know, what what dark what dark magic has Paul Rubens employed that he has basically been in stasis for 30 years. It was, yeah, my my, my I was like, like why? Why was like, what? Who's ma- what magic makes this film good? Because I need to find that magic. Because like, because he he looks he does look great. Now he doesn't look you know perfect because he's definitely aged, but he's gotten him. It is Pee Wee. You look at him, and go, oh god, it's you know it's Pee Wee Herman. There's no disconnect right there, and I think that just goes to Paul just being that character for so long. Is that it's like an it's like an extra personality with a flip of the switch. Boom, he's there. Now, his voice has suffered a little bit. I noticed that. He doesn't have the same... He can't do the same high-pitched stuff anymore. Um, but that's probably because he's gotten a little bit on the older side. Yeah. So, um, so let's, 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 talk, let's start breaking the movie down as components, component, uh, component pieces. So uh, let's start by talking about the plot and the script. And the plot of this film... It's, uh, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to say it's Pee-wee's Big Adventure 2, but it's definitely Pee-wee's Big Adventure 2.0. Uh, the movie kicks off, Pee-wee's living, uh, in this small, quaint little town that he's lived in all his life. He is, his life is routine, he doesn't really go out on, he's very Hobbit-like, he never goes out on any adventures or does anything exciting, you know, it's just day-by-day routine. And, uh, he's, you know, working his job at a diner, he practices with his band, the Renegades. So, um, and... But eventually, you know, the people around him start changing and moving on with their lives. You know, his band breaks up because they've all got new jobs and they're, you know, doing other things. And uh, Pee Wee just does, he's like, he's very resistant to change. He doesn't want anything to change. He wants everything to stay just the way it is. Until he meets, and this is where my memory fails me. Uh, because the only thing I can I remember, can remember about the this particular celebrity is that he's from uh, True Blood. Uh, Joe, I'm going to really mispronounce his last name, which was actually a joke in the film. Joe Magnanero, I believe it what it is, <laughs> or as Pee Wee said, Joe Manawaba, <laughs> Joe Manawaba, because I was like that's how I would say it too. But he <laughs> he uh, he was in True Blood. Um, I know he's done, uh, he was in Magic Mike, like the sequel to Magic Mike at one point, and uh, I think he was also in, like, How I Met Your Mother. Like, (laughs) what a weird sort of uh, resume he has, but no, he's, his whole shtick is that he's the handsome, you know, buff-looking guy. Like, that's his whole thing. Okay. So, Joe McNamara comes rolling in. McNamara? You didn't even try! That's the (laughs) joke! (laughs) So so Joe McAvoy comes rolling into town, just runs into Pee-wee by chance, and they wind up bonding over their mutual love of uh, of of miniature model towns and root beer barrels. And uh, Joe tells Pee-wee that you know he is throwing a birthday party at his penthouse in New York City, and he'd really like Pee-wee to get there. And Pee-wee's kind of resistant to the idea. He's like, you know, I've never left my I've never left my my town. You know, I don't know. You know, if I even really want to. And Joe says, well, you know, t- you know, go out on the road and you know, live a little. So Pee-wee decides to go ahead and do that. So he leaves home for the first time, 
goes out in his little his little putt putt car on his journey to New York to make it to to Joe to you know Joe McDonald's birthday party, and meets of course you know in in the grand tradition of eighties road trip films meets a, a grand cast of uh, kooky and weird characters along the way. So uh, I think the, the the first the first gang that he runs into is a, a trio of lady bandits who wind up kidnapping him and stealing his car. One of whom is also named Pee Wee, and they sort of bond over that. And she gives him her switchblade with her name engraved on it. So, which I thought was a uh, you know kind of kind of cute. So you know, but he meets all these grand characters. Uh, finally, makes it to New York, where he winds up doing the the doing the lassie thing. You know, Pee Wee stuck in a well. Uh, makes it to the birthday party, and he and, uh, and, and Joe mixed something. Joe McHandsome large hair. Um, I told you, I can't carry on a joke for very long. <laughs> very, I was still going. See, this is, this is what you're gonna, this is what I called him. Joe Magnanetto was handsome peewee. <laughs> handsome peewee. He was yeah. handsome peewee. Like, just watch his mannerism at his party. I was like, he's peewee, but just handsome. <laughs> You know, I didn't, I didn't catch that, but yeah, no, like, because at the birthday party, he's like, Pee Wee doesn't show up, and he's all, he's all pouty and morose, and he's like, you know, his, his mother, girlfriend, something, whatever, I don't know, like was publicity like, agent, whoever yeah. it was. You're, you're, you know, all your, all your friends are, are down having a party. They're wondering, like, Pee Wee's not here, and he said he'd be here, and now I'm all sad. It was, it was like, was it stupid of me to invite him? Like, no, it wasn't stupid, and then. But then when he sees Pee-wee, like, Pee-wee's trapped in a well. He needs my help. He pulls a grappling hook from nowhere and grappling hooks himself into uh, Central Park. I'm like, you're Pee-wee. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, like, a different... You're, like, the alternate reality Pee-wee. Like, so you somehow just got tra- trapped in the same universe with our Pee-wee. <laughs> like, so seriously, he had... This guy must have had the greatest time on this set. He must have been, like, one of the biggest fans of Pee-wee that we may never have, we may not have known at the time because good lord they made him do some really like ridiculous things he's like probably like sure yeah absolutely you know that that's that's the sense that I got as I was watching the film from the cast is I really got a sense that everybody who made this film had an absolute blast doing it you know cuz you know sometimes when you watch a film and you see a, a character and you see how the actor portrays him you can kind of get something okay he really didn't like being in this movie he wasn't having a, a great time you get a sense just watching this film that everybody was just having a grand old time and I, I, I think that really contributed a lot to the movie's charm. Is like this is a movie that knows that it's silly. It knows that it's you know not the most grounded thing in the world, but it's here to have fun. And you know if it, it, it wants you to have fun with it. So uh, let's. So what are what were some standout moments uh, from the, the the plot for you, Brian? So besides just every so the the snake farm actually sort of got to me because I you know of my fear of snakes. So when he's I in, don't, but now that you've told me, I have uh, I, I have a power over you that I can exploit. So thank you. Ah, God damn it! <laughs> but so um, I like how he goes because like the snake farm for a while was just a pun, like for the longest time, and then like he just kept going like ah, whatever. Like he's he started because it was a tourist trap, and then they finally like got him into like the big area where like there was in fact a giant cobra, and he just has that. Long screaming fit. He gets onto the bus. He's still screaming, and then the bus has to stop, and he gets out, and he's still screaming. <laughs> uh, I think a moment that I really enjoyed was uh, when he goes to the. Uh, he, he winds up in the Amish community, and he he teaches them about the joys of uh, making fart noises with balloons. You know, the the sneaky squeakers with letting air out of the balloons, and uh, he also runs into the lady bandits again. And <laughs> they wind up carjacking a horse and buggy from the Amish farm and making their escape to New York on this little horse-drawn carriage. And Pee Wee convinces them uh, to, you know, tur- you know, turn to the straight and narrow and-, and leave some money to pay for the 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 horse and cart. And they wind up getting. Uh, I-, I can't remember. I can't remember if they turn themselves into the cops when they reach New York. Or if they just wind up getting. They just happened to wind up getting caught. No, it was the, the the joke was after they had like that that moment where he he gives the he gives the peewee knife back to female peewee, and and like steals a kiss and like he walks away all proud. All the cops just come and converge on him and they, like arrest them immediately. 
<laughs> like they didn't even get a chance. Like they're like, we gotta go, and like they hit the they hit the horse. They went like two feet, and they stopped. <laughs> like <laughs> they got arrested again. But something I've noticed about the about the script writing in this film is that there were never any points where I guess the you know one of the one of the big uh, pratfalls of uh, of comedy writing is you have to know when the joke needs to stop and you move on to something else. And I didn't notice anything in this film that really wore out its welcome. It's like okay, we got to the joke, we got to the punchline, we're done. Let's move on to a different story. Like the snake farm, uh, you know. You mentioned the long screaming fit. That's the the kind of joke that it can very easily go on for too long and just become an annoying. Oh God, when's this going to end? But it, it was timed so perfectly with the arrival of I, I believe I believe it was the uh, the hairdressers off to the the competition. Oh yeah, yeah, like the the, the had like United States uh, on their head <laughs> with working lights for all of the capitals. So, he, yeah, the, these three hairdressers that Pee Wee runs across, they're entering a, a hairdressing competition, and their shtick is they are each, their hair is done up so that when they stand side to side and you look at them from behind, their hairstyles each make up a segment of a map of the United States. You know, continental United States. They don't have Alaska and Hawaii in there, which I would have loved to have seen pulled off, but whatever. And they've got working lights for each of the state capitals, which I thought was just brilliantly done. No, it was it was also because the way that the film was sort of set out in just in a, a series of sketches, basically that Pee Wee sort of happens upon, um, like the farmhouse and the farm girls, where like he, it was the it was the farmers the farmer's father had like twelve girls and they're all like infatuated with Pee Wee, and he takes them in the morning. He's like, "Well, you're going to get married to one of them." He's like, "Jeez, Louise! Like, good job, Louise! You got picked!" I'm like, "Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course, and of course, the farmer does this whole stereotypical. You know, you're welcome to stay in my house and eat of my food and drink of my wine, but stay away from my daughters. Yeah, but it was the daughters who were trying to get in. He's like, no, stop it. And then he gets out with the disguise kit. And that's that's the thing with this movie is that this movie sort of definitely exists in its own sort of universe. Like the disguise kit is him dressed as a cowboy with a fake horse. You know, something that you get at a Halloween shop. And it but works. it comes but but it comes in a little box the size of a business card. But it but so you're, it, it worked, and like <laughs> his face isn't hidden; he's just speaking in a different accent, and they are fooled completely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah! Like I said, this this is a movie that wants to have fun, and it wants you to have fun with it, and you know, so it's it's not afraid to just be silly, and it's amazing that it still has. You know, like you said yourself, you know, it's amazing how charming this movie is. The, the charm comes from this fact, I think, the plot's simple. He made a new friend and now wants to go celebrate his friend's birthday. That is sort of the essential plot. And he, it's, it's very easy to follow. And it's very easy for, um, I think, people to sort of get into. Because we all have friends. And we all want to enjoy our friends, uh, like maybe their birthday party or some sort of celebration and stuff like that. And for Pee-wee was, this is a brand new friend. He really sort of wants to, I guess, impress in a way of getting to New York. Because he had such a huge connection with Handsome Pee-wee. Um, so, that's where, because since that was like the underlying story of I want to go see my friend. It was hard not to like root for him. And it's hard not to sort of enjoy the journey that he had to get there. There's also, you know, very little, you know, we've, we've talked a bit about how cynical uh, movies have gotten lately. There's a lot of mean-spirited humor or, mean, you know, mean-spirited storytelling. There's none of that in this movie. This is just a light-hearted, you know, you know make-you-feel-good-make-you-smile movie. And, you know, you mentioned the, 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 the simplicity of the plot. The, 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 writing of the, the writing style of this movie, you know, it's a very 80s-style film. You know, okay... It, it's an 80s road trip movie, okay? Guy needs to get from point A to point B. That's just an excuse for him to have a bunch of small, wacky little mini-adventures. And I was, you know, I'm very surprised that, at, that you know, that kind of story was able to work so well uh, in this day and age. Well, so. I, think every, I think deep down, you know, the, we do kind of want something... I'm I'm always good for like what I call like joke breaks or just being you know completely ridiculous and silly. Um, it's just something I've always sort of want if, when I feel really bad or if something doesn't work for me. You just need that little silliness 
that little bit of laughter and it kind of gets you right back on track to whatever you're doing. It takes away from whatever's happening sort of in the world uh, around you. And this film sort of just fit a niche that I didn't even realize I needed at the time, you know? I I know exactly what you mean. So, okay, so we've talked a bit about the plot and our general impressions of the films. Let's talk a bit about uh, the cast. And, uh, you know, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, I mean, what more is there to say? He is is Pee Wee. Yeah, he's he, he was Pee Wee from moment that you hit play. <laughs> that's that's really all that can, that can be said. Um, but Joe McHandsome Pee Wee, uh, again, yeah, I got a sense he was just having a blast with this film. Like you know, you you see like these sort of big A list celebrity guest stars, and sometimes it kind of feels kind of awkward or forced. No, he felt you know, I really felt like the 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 friendship between him and Pee Wee was was genuine, if you know, really fucking silly. You know, and it just—it really seemed like he was having a blast with this movie. You know, I could not see, like, say, for example, Norman Reedus, you know, taking Pee Wee through a big room full of, you know, miniature worlds and, you know, drink, you know, drinking from little tiny candy root beer barrels. And he's like, "You but, have a miniature of my town. You have a miniature of my miniature." <laughs> but you know, Joe, what's his name? Made it work, and he made it funny, and I, I, I was really surprised by that. Uh, no, he. I think he absolutely. This was obviously just something of him having a good time with it. Um, and it's so weird because you think about it, he's the most, he's the most named celebrity in this entire. And like he was named as himself. He was just a celebrity. Like all the other. Um, uh, like p- actors in this, there was only a few of them I kind of recognized, but they were always they were they're all of them are all that guy actors because I've seen them in other stuff, but I just don't remember their names other than like oh it's that guy. But I think that might have been the point. I think this is probably like a circle of Paul's friends of just hey you guys, I'm gonna go film a movie. I need some characters. I need I need some characters. Come out. We'll have some good time. And everyone just said okay, let's do it. And that's what it was. Like, going to have a good time. What am I playing? Um, you know, you're a diner uh, operator. Done. Okay, what am I playing? Uh, you're the post guy. You have maybe three lines, but, you know, they're the best damn three lines you're going to have. He's like, done. You know, it's just everything sort of works in its favor in that sort of way. It was, it's like when you get your friends together to sort of like film or just have fun and be silly. This is just a movie version of that. Because I, I kind of honestly, I can't even tell you who the actor, other actors were. Other than actors, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the uh, at the, the the cast list, and uh, aside from Paul Rubens and Joe Manganiello, uh, yeah, I got it right. I hope. <laughs> you hope? <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't remember anybody. I I don't remember any of these other names here. Holy shit! Uh, David Arquette was, was apparently the DJ. Seriously? Like according to IMDb, but of course that could be just a real good prank on his part. No, it's on Wikipedia too. David Arquette as DJ. <laughs> so, all right, there was the other celebrity that we never recognized because it's David Arquette. <laughs> I haven't forgiven you for WCW, David. It's a wrestling. Okay. It's a wrestling joke. You'll, uh, the on. wrestling fans will get it. So, a question I have is: now that we've seen Pee Wee come back with this film, and it's apparently, you know, I mean, we've certainly enjoyed it. We, you know, if this film is successful, do you think we might see uh, Paul Rubens come back and doing more Pee Wee Herman in the future? You know, that's a good question. I I don't know if we will or not. Um, we might because it is such an endearing character. But he, if he did in one point say, I don't want to do this character anymore because I, I didn't want it to over, I guess, uh, oversaturate itself and be annoying at, at, at the end, I don't know how many times more he could do it. Um, I think we had a rest of Pee Wee and it was a good long rest. And so to see it again is like seeing a good old friend. Um, and it's that whole nostalgia thing coming back and sort of reliving what you originally thought about it. So you kind of, I would like to see him maybe do some more because I would love some Pee Wee. But he sort of, I guess, stage it out or let it let it run a little bit. You know, we don't have to have like a, a yearly Pee Wee movie or things like that. If he wants to make another one. Uh, let him do it. This could be, for all we know, just something he wanted to get out of his system because he just had this good story 
and just wanted to have something for the next generation of people and old and new fans to sort of watch. Um, my hope is that he this is a good way of maybe if it is if this is the last Pee Wee film, it's a good note to go out on. I agree. I agree. So, and it, you know, it is it is one thing that is kind of clear throughout this one is Paul Rubens is not as young as he used to be. Like you mentioned, he can't do the the high pitched uh, voice that you know he would the high pitched scream that he did a lot of in the uh, in Pee Wee's Playhouse. And uh, I also noticed that his Pee Wee's antics in general in this film were a lot more subdued versus say Pee Wee's Playhouse or or Big Top Pee Wee or Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, so you know. I, I would I, I figure if, if Rubens wants to do more Pee Wee, great, but I don't want to see him try and push himself to the point of self destruction. Exactly. We, so you know, but like you said, you know, if this is the last Pee Wee adventure, it's it's a good note to go out on. And uh, of course, I don't know. Maybe we'll see kind of a like you know what happened with El, with Elvira a few years ago. Maybe Rubens will host audition, find the next Pee Wee. You know, so you know. But can but, there be really a next Pee Wee? Isn't there just Pee Wee just a one of a kind? Because th- think about it, like we get unless handsome Pee Wee's going to be showing up, I'm not sure if we're going to have any more Pee Wees. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Joe Manganiello did rock the Pee Wee suit in those uh, those those party fantasies. Those party fantasies in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the running gags. This film is is any time Pee Wee falls asleep, he has a dream of what he imagines the birthday party will be like, and it's always this big over the top, you know. Like like a child's birthday party on crack. Like there's a huge pinata at one point that's full of root beer barrels. Pee Wee gives uh, Joe a, a, another you know a suit just like his, and there, Joe's wearing it throughout all the subsequent fans. And for some reason, they're all speaking Spanish in slow motion, which is really fucking weird. It's fucking weird, but also weirdly hilarious. Like I don't know why. Like it just because I guess you didn't expect that. <laughs> like when when I first when the, the first one happened, I was like, well, they're speaking Spanish. Okay, but it was one of those jokes. You see it again, you're like, "Oh, this is all right. It's it's another fantasy sequence." I don't know. Maybe you know what's true. Almost everything in slow motion is kind of funny when you think about it. Like maybe that's why it was funny, just because it was in slow motion. And like especially people speaking in slow motion. Like I don't know why, but that is that is kind of funny. <laughs> well, it's because you have you have time to see like every individual movement. <laughs> that's probably it. Like you ever want to, you ever want to, you ever want to weird yourself out? Just watch a video over and over again of somebody in slow motion saying "love" and just watch the movements of the mouth. It's the most surreal thing you will ever experience. I'll put that on my list of things I may not do. Look, don't hey, don't judge me. I went to a boarding school for the last two years of high school. We got really bored on the weekends. Well, you see, here's the thing: you say "don't judge you," but every time you say "don't judge you," it just makes me judge you more. <laughs> uh, so, so I guess now let's start wrapping up the show. And start talking about our, our final general thoughts on uh, our final general impressions of the film. So, I guess the the big question is, is what uh, ultimately, Brian, did you think of this movie? I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I I was pleasantly surprised the whole way through. I laughed. I didn't really cry. There weren't any sad scenes, but I laughed. And it's. It, again, it was, was we were shocked, you know. Like, like I said, we heard about it for years, and then finally got made. And I was like, well, I gotta see what happens now. Um, and it's a, if you if you don't even if you don't like Pee Wee, you're not gonna like this film. But if you are like me, who or Gonzo, who grew up with the character, watch it. Like, I don't see why you cannot watch this film. It's a fantastic addition to the Pee Wee film library, which I think is what three films. Uh, oh, but that depends. Are we counting the Surfer movie that he made a, a strange five-minute cameo in, completely apropos of nothing? No, because that was a cameo. Doesn't cameos don't count? <laughs> I don't know why he was even in that movie. Like I happened to, st- I, I can't remember what the movie is called, but I stumbled across just channel flipping through cable one day, and I saw Pee Wee, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, Pee Wee's Big Adventure is on." Wait a minute, I don't remember this scene. Oh well, maybe this is a director's cut. And then Pee Wee vanishes, and it, it goes into the Surfer story, and I'm like, "Wait, what? What?" Why was Pee Wee there? <laughs> what was the point of that? Yeah, what you lied. I know the lied movie. To me, movie. <laughs> I know the movie you're talking about too. I just don't. I don't know which one it is. Why does that sound familiar? 
That's going to bother me for the rest of the night. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But, it, like Brian said, it, it this is definitely a worthy Pee-wee movie. If you don't... If you don't like Pee Wee Herman, this movie's not going to change your opinion of the character. But if you do, or even if you're just curious, you know, check the movie out. It's definitely worth seeing. So I guess this is the part of the show where we give our final ratings on the film. So as always, our scale from best to worst is see it. Well, we you know, see it now. We can't really say wait for matinee because it's on Netflix. So we're going to... I guess the question is just should we see it now? Should you see it now or not? Is it worth watching? We'll just skip the ratings because, it's, you know, it's fucking Netflix. It's not really getting a theatrical release. <laughs> Yeah, we really actually, need to come up with we really actually, need to come up with a Netflix scale a little bit, but actually, um, hashtag not an ad. The Alamo Drafthouse actually put it in their theater. Seriously, I'm dead serious. Now I think it was only for a weekend, like it wasn't a long term commitment. But I do remember seeing uh, advertisements for it. I was like, oh, okay, alrighty. <laughs> So I guess I, I guess the question, the final question is, is this film worth seeing? So which I guess we've answered. We both love this film. So uh, definitely check it out if you're a fan of Pee Wee Herman. And uh, you know what? I, I I think I just realized. I think Pee Wee's Playhouse is still on. Is it is is, is Pee Wee's Playhouse actually still on Netflix, or have they did they get rid of that? I don't know if Pee Wee's Playhouse is still on Netflix. I do know Pee Wee's Big Adventure was on Netflix for a long period of time. I'm gonna have to okay because if if, that, if that's still on there, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because. This this is this is shameful confession time. I've never actually seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure the whole way through. La gasp. <laughs> no, I bet you have, but like not in order. <laughs> no, not in order. Like I've seen the ending where he's at the drive-in theater watching. Uh, I, I think the you know, the movie of his life. Yeah, watching. I think it's Kurt Russell playing Pee Wee on screen, and then I've seen like the beginning up to Large Marge, and then everything in between is just like a blank. Baby, Mister Herman, Mister Herman. <laughs> so yes, but uh, so that's that's our that's our final thoughts on uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. If you're if you're a Pee Wee Herman fan, it's definitely worth checking out. And it's you know it's just a good light-hearted film. You know something that's that if you've got a couple if you got an hour and a half to kill, it's definitely worth checking out. So that's all the time we have for Nerd of the Third Power this week. Thank you as always for tuning in. We shall see you next week. As always, I'm Doctor Gonzo. I'm Brian. We'll see you next week. Thank you as long as you're tuning in. Taka, play us out. Bye.